Welcome back to The Price for Paradise. My name is Woody, a.k.a. Creston Woods, and with me today we have a little collaboration podcast. Uh-oh. We got Jacob Clad. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate and we got TJ Houchin. Back again. Thanks round for having me. Two, three? I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't good enough last time, so Woody <laughs> deleted it, so he brought in a ringer for me. <laughs> yeah, so. we lost last TJ's podcast, but we'll get him back on and we'll rehash do? all those topics. Nice. But Absolutely. Nice. Anyways, let's start off by just getting to know Jacob a little bit. So yeah. tell us a little bit about you and like what you do and like why you're involved in fitness and health in general. Yeah, so um, got into fitness just honestly as a young kid, obviously. We were all playing sports, so multiple sports, grew up playing throughout it and uh, ended up deciding on choosing uh, baseball and football throughout college. And um, Nice, that's like the, the combination yeah, of us good two. choices. Yeah, yeah fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, did that for a while, uh, suffered a bunch of different injuries. Also, my mindset uh, wasn't necessarily what it needed to be when I was in school, and so that's something that I've had to understand later on in life that I didn't have the right mindset when I was in it. Obviously, as you get older, you get wiser. So yeah, you only learn by experience, right? Yeah. So it's like right after yeah. you're like, Oh man, that clicks. Yeah. So played sports, uh, for a majority of my life. And then after that, um, you know, obviously if you're playing anything in college sports, you're, you're married to the gym. So most of my life was in the gym and, uh, that was always just a habit. It was something that was consistent for me. And so when sports left, that was the only thing that I still had to be able to connect. Obviously my identity with sports to, to what I wanted long-term. And I think that's like a great way for kids to find structure in life, like right away. Right. We have like, uh, growing up, we need some sort of structure, right? If it's not military based, if it's not, you know, sports, if it's not, you know, some, you know, band, I don't know what you want to (laughs) pick as your thing, but like, yeah, we need that structure in our lives. And then like later in life, you can create that structure yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, ever since then, man, it's, it's been, uh, basically married to the gym. So I managed gyms for a while, big corporate gyms. So LA Fitness, Esportas, uh, did that for about a year, almost two years. And then when I was in that light, uh, I moved really quickly. People saw my style workouts because obviously you're working out in the gym and then that just created conversations. So people were like, hey, can I train with you? And then um, I saw that there was a need for people to do something different as far as training. So I was like, cool, let's let's train maybe four or five people. I did not compete in clause at the time. So I was like, we'll go to different gyms <laughs> and train uh, yeah. so I don't get screwed on my primary job. But yeah, then I just started training people on the side and I really didn't take a bunch of clients on because I wanted to be more specialized and I worked out with my clients. So I was oh. doing two, three workouts a day. Yeah, I like to work out my clients day. too. It's and more it's, fun. It is, man. And the nice thing is, is like as you're pushing yourself, they see that you're pushing yourself. You're willing to be in the trenches with them. Exactly. So, and that comes down to a team aspect. And these are a lot of small things, obviously you take as you get older, but the team aspect when you're working out with somebody is huge and motivating. Um, Not to take anything away from people that don't work out with their clients. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. So, and we only have so much physical capacity. If you're like an elite athlete, you shouldn't be working out four or five times with your clients, you know, throughout. Yeah. No. And I would feel that obviously is like, I get halfway through the week. I'm like, holy shit. Am I zapped? So, um, did that for a long time. And then I transitioned out of the gym industry as far as income and career choice. And now I'm working in the real estate industry. We can make money now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We're trying to figure it out in this. (laughs) Dude, it's tough, man. (laughs) To be honest, it was COVID when COVID hit. It like was a rude awakening for me because I was managing gyms. I was going from different location to location, training people, and I didn't have people on contracts. Mm. Right. So when COVID hit and the gyms closed, they were like, Hey, where are we training? And 
and given I had a good amount of kettlebells and battle ropes and other stuff that I'd collected and stuff, but, but. I mean, at that point we were going to parks, you know what yeah. I mean? And it was 112 outside. We live in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was, it wasn't necessarily no. the best choice, but, um, plus they're coming from where they had the gym previously. And though I'm sure you still have a great service. I had the same thing where you have to realize, oh, we have all these amenities and all these pieces of equipment that they've become accustomed to. Yep. That's their location. They go to put in work. Now, yep. no, we're gonna go to Tumbleweed Park and it's gonna be hot as hell. Yeah. And you're gonna hate this. So like it, <laughs> I understand that that's tough. Well, and it's different too. Like when you go out in public and you're training mm. in public as we're younger we don't pay attention to those things but as we get older we're more aware around us and i've noticed a lot of people that were way more uncomfortable out in public doing those workouts during covid not to mention it could have been you know it was a psychological COVID, thing though yeah, yeah, yeah that part too the, the change from going in a gym majority of everybody's life yeah. to being outside and doing these workouts completely new stimulus oh yeah well and the ground for one is different mm. i mean how often if i mean we played sports all of us here so yeah. we understand the difference between when you're standing on concrete or a basketball gym floor to grass mm-hmm. yeah. it's a huge difference well i like it better though i love, I love <laughs> That's just my opinion. But most of these people don't <laughs> understand yeah. that. So, yeah, it was a lot of new, and that shocks the system. And so mentally and nervous system-wise, that was something different for people. But, yeah, a little background. So played sports most of my life. I'm in real estate now. do a couple of different things within that realm. And cool. um, I just opened the door to friends mostly and people that do want to train with me because, uh, obviously, you see me in here every morning. I'm, yeah. I'm training like a madman myself, and then mm-hmm. I've got friends that will occasionally step in with me and, and awesome. work out. So, yeah. And the big, yeah, and the big reason. I wanted to bring Jacob onto the podcast is I walked out of the sauna one day and he was telling one of our younger trainers like he's pretty fresh to this gym and so he was just like giving him some advice on like somebody that's done it and like been there before and managed stuff and so like that was really cool and uh you know we need more of that kind of like leadership around our men like because like that is huge. We yeah. all could like benefit from talking to each mm-hmm. other and yeah. like learning our each other's tricks and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And so like, uh, I mean, like, do you do that often? Do you just like just come up to people and just start mentoring them? Or like, what do you believe in that? that you know, good that's question. a good question. So I've been fortunate enough to have several different mentors in my life at such a young age. And, mm-hmm. and for the record, I'm only 29. Um, but I've I've been fortunate to be in that position where one, I've either made mistakes in my life and that has led to the opportunity for a mentor opening the door for me to be able to learn underneath that person. So uh, a lot of it is just, I've taken what I've learned and been very conscious of what I've gone through and Mm -hmm. applied it to what's happening in the future or what I go through in the future. Um, I also know that, you know, as men, there's this weird psychological warfare going on yes. us right now. And <laughs> yeah, totally it's, it's really weird to watch happen. So I think what really needs to happen to me personally is that men need to band together and make sure that there's a comfortable space that everybody needs to have somebody that's willing to fucking push them for one and tell them what they need to what hear. What they need to hear, not yeah. just what they want to hear. Right. We don't need the fluff. Not, not everybody needs a, a trophy. We don't need right? cheerleaders. We need coaches. Right. So that's one thing. And then two is that you also need to have somebody that you trust, right? Because you need to take everything with a grain of salt in today's world. So when somebody walks up to you and you also don't personally know that person, but they're going to give you some good motivation advice, take most of it with a grain of salt, but then use that as a foundation to figure out, okay, is this person somebody that genuinely wants to see me get somewhere? Exactly what I was going to say. Exactly. No, that's dead on what I was thinking too. I feel the same way. 
And that's why you've seen me in here make a really concerted effort to, hey, wave, especially to men that are locked in, they're worried about their workout, they're in that intense, I make sure to say hello to everyone. <laughs> and if it's an uncomfortable looking kid, especially, or some a young guy that I know is skinnier than most of his peers or something like that, I know how that is being that kid in the gym. So I try to make them feel as comfortable as possible. Now, I completely agree with you as well. We don't need the fluff, right? No. But there's also a difference between being a total dick. like just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's more feeding your own ego, right. you know, getting after kids. Yep. Oh, you need to do it this way as opposed to, hey, try this. This is why. This is helping from mistakes that I've had to learn from. Now, you can take the fast route yeah. to that success. Yeah, the approach you know? is huge about it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. how you uh, attack it, right? You don't want to come in, yeah, yeah. like you said, like be a dick. You so don't there's a balance, be... right? Yeah. There's, a, there's a fine line you can arrive at, and every person's a little different. But like you said, if they trust you, get to know you, and you live this life, they're a lot more apt to listen to you or at least know that you want the best for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, most of like progress is made through mindset change first and so like once they make that psychological switch that people see that they're like rooting for you Mm -hmm. instead of the world being against you um that's going to be like you know uh, the big difference that makes they know you want to go to the gym you want to be that person absolutely yep yeah Mm -hmm. and tj so i mean (laughs) we brushed over you a little bit but let's go like uh, let's yeah we have a bunch of topics that you wanted to talk about so you have anything up on the brain yeah i'll I'll ask you guys uh and then i'll give my opinion on if you don't mind let's hear about so one of the things that i hear a lot about is training to failure where i hear uh clients being pushed by their trainers they need to train every day to failure um i have my own opinions about that but what do you guys think who wants to start that one want to roll with it yeah okay so like training to failure i mean it's kind of depends on what kind of athlete you are right and what kind of like time constraints your schedule allows and so like say you can only get in the gym four days a week like yeah maybe you need to train to failure because you have every other day off and you can you know use that time to recover from that but like I come from like a, a lifestyle approach where I like to work out every day. And right, if I work train to failure every day, like I won't be able to come back and do it tomorrow. And, and I wouldn't still right. be here, right? No. Like I, I think more so like lifestyle base is going to be more like longevity. But like you, ha- if you're going to be a bodybuilder, like you need to train to failure and you need to put on yeah. muscle mass and you need to put in that kind of work. So, I mean, it kind of just depends on the athlete. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would probably agree with that. I, I think it ultimately depends on the individual, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, training to failure has its benefits, but if I want to be an athlete, say, choose your sport, a soccer player, I'm not going to be going into the gym and doing squats to failure, mm-hmm. right? It, it doesn't make, I mean, don't get me wrong, strength always coincides over to being a great athlete, but there's a big difference when you're doing training to failure consistently over a longevity of time. Mm-hmm. You're One, you're making yourself more injury prone because there's so much you need so much nutrition to be able to back up that amount of training and how many people one. actually hit that no and i mean we were talking about that before we even started the podcast is nutrition is the biggest aspect that people don't understand or aren't willing to approach once they start taking fitness seriously mm-hmm. so there's a huge relationship between obviously uh your nutrition and how you're training but when it comes to how you're training specifically it very much depends on what your setup is. So, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big component that you, you choose a workout system, well, no matter what your muscle group is for eight to six weeks, you're dedicated to that. You don't change it. You can throw in some other things, but you're doing that. And then you're doing a shell shock and you're going back into a different program Mm -hmm. that you've built again, or has somebody built for you. But if you're doing training to failure, no matter what you're doing, I mean, you're kind of just setting yourself up for failure. You're going to see great results within, you know, three months, four months, but I'm going to think you're going to start to see regression after a while because of the fact that you're training to failure consistently. Mm. 
I, I can piggyback on that a little where I think that a lot of, uh, I say athletes, but anyone who's training in the gym, um, a lot of people go to failure constantly because they actually don't know where failure is, where they should feel it. Like I'll have clients that will go, oh, this is hard and rack it. And I, I'm thinking to myself, I would not be able to speak clearly to you if it was that hard for me to where I couldn't finish the rep. Yeah. Right. Um, so I understand people, it. They yeah. don't know where that line is. So one, it's good to have people push you to it. Yep. But at the same time, if you're always in that range of failure, how, how much quality are those reps? Yeah. What if you stopped three reps shorter, rested two minutes, came back and hit those same amount of reps with more rest, more quality, letting those neurological pathways keep being recreated and firing in that track. And I call it that neutral zone of where we want our form to be. Yep. And so that's why I find it challenging. But like you said, bodybuilders, I also get, there's going to be times where you're going to be doing bicep curls and we got to go to failure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you're doing that every day, you're not really setting yourself up for a progression through six to eight weeks. Like he's just talking. About. And like you said, like we don't understand what failure is. It's failure of the movement pattern, right? So you can change so like, your movement. Pattern. So as yep. soon as your movement pattern changes, that is yep. failure. Mm -hmm. And so that means you need to stop because you're training something different now. Now I'm doing hip swings with my curl. Like, yeah, and it's, it's psychological too. I mean, when you think when somebody throws, let's train to failure, their first thought is I'm going for as many reps as possible yeah. and they disregard form at that mm. point now does everybody do that no but a majority of the time when you're talking about the general populace doing train to failure and if they're mm -hmm. gonna hear this yeah. and go into it they're going oh i'm going for as many reps as possible mm. so now forms out the window maybe it's still somewhat good but they're just thinking about how many reps can i get through this mm -hmm. at the end of the day and realistically we know the fundamentals is like you're controlling that weight every single inch of that movement whether it be up down contracting extension mm -hmm. Yeah. And when we talk about uh, athletes in general, we have different types of strength that we're working on. So yeah. say I have them in a 12-week phase, maybe I have them on accelerative strength in the middle of that where I'm looking for, this is going to be some nerdy stuff here, some 0.5 <laughs> meters a second with the bar to yep. like 0.75. Yeah. So having those tools where you can track that is really helpful, but I have the tools in Scottsdale where I train, but not here. But when I see that all the time, I kind of know the ranges I want them to be in. Yeah. So it makes a big difference if they're training to failure within that range or if we're just dive bombing to the bottom, slow on the way up. Yep. Because what does that apply to? Their goals of being a better athlete? Not at all. It's not max load. It's no. force production, control, and just being able to control their body. So yep. like you said, it's different depending on what you're going for, but that's kind of in my realm, in my world. Yeah, you're and more with like the athletes that, yep. that you know are jumping, right? Like, and if you yep. lose yeah. like an inch on a jump, sprinting, yeah, these these movements are explosive and they're they're that different we, ways to train. And not just one, do we, we just don't want to jump high, we want to get there quickly. I right. know guys yeah. that can jump high and it takes them forever and there yeah. are bricks in the air. <laughs> yeah, That's not gonna yeah. help you in a sport. Cool right. on the vertical test day, yeah. right? <laughs> right? But we're gonna get you so you can. it applies to your game. This isn't show muscle, you know? Nope. That's why I like having I like hearing you say the the program I might have a little different concept but it's the same thing yep. optimal progression yep. with adjustments along the way yeah well and a big thing is especially when you're training in that realm of things mm -hmm. uh, the neuro aspect comes into play definitely because now you're shocking your nervous system to be able to react to an mm -hmm. instant you know just on a command we used to do that a lot in football is we would not go off of when we got the weight on our shoulders we would put the weight on our shoulders or whatever said workout we're doing and we would wait until somebody set a command exactly. and then you go and you're trying to see how, much how is that like fast you can go about it exactly. yeah well I mean that's how the game is positioned when you're mm -hmm. in football right it's a Same reaction baseball, based. Right? Yeah. I'm standing in the outfield I'm waiting for that ball to be launched over to my right <laughs> shoulder and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what side is it going to? Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there's so many different factors, but yeah, there's, there's a bunch of different ways to be able to train that. And I think 
Yeah, is that Neuro Force One by chance, the gym that you're talking about? Oh, no, it's actually, right now I'm at Legendary Athletics. I pay rent over there. It's kind okay. of near Scottsdale Air Park. Okay. Do they have the same equipment over there? So Neuro Force One is, yeah, one of my buddies. Oh, cool. and, and he does one of the same things up in North Scottsdale oh, area uh, yeah, and similar. does a lot of the tracking and the, the nervous system mm -hmm. tracking and stuff like that. It's That's awesome. Amazing. So, it's yeah, fun I mean, there's so that. much data nowadays um, in yeah. lifting that like, we can mm -hmm. use to, like, you know, see things in like slow motion and how everything's rotational and not yeah. just front and back and side to side yeah and so yeah all the different planes that we're moving our body through yeah and yeah. Then nothing's really sagittal or frontal it's all no. transverse plane yeah, everything dude. that's moving i mean yeah. especially in a jump like mm -hmm. <laughs> talk about like corkscrewing into the floor and things of creating that nature torque. yeah creating yeah. torque and then doing it in a way that's not you know gonna get people injured because that's a lot a lot of people <sighs> can create yeah. torque and do these things naturally if they're yep. good athletes, if they're really elastic and they have good connective tissue. Yep. But at the same time, you know, that starts to beat on them. And that's a lot of what I see is really wiry athletes that come to me where they're like, oh, always getting hurt. Yep. Don't know why. We have to recreate a way for them to jump and sprint to where yep. at first they're not as good. Yep. And that bothers them because they feel the drop. But it's like we have to rebuild this from the bottom and then you will surpass yep. where you're at. You know, so I can go all day on this. this, I, love this I, got, I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you do any sort of uh, like neuro warm up with your athletes before Absolutely. you get them into the weightlifting aspect of things? Absolutely. Good question. Kind of walk me through that. So my highest level athletes, I've started them on a dynamic warm up that I change two to three times a week mm -hmm. um, and just give them little adjustments. Uh, the highest level, they come in and they do it on their own and I see them coming up with their own. So that's one way that I think that we do that. Um, a lot of things we do are pre-activation, basically potentiation. You've heard of post. That's my theory on where we put a lower, upper, and a core exercise mm -hmm. after their dynamic warm-up that either applies to one of their weaknesses or something they're trying to become better at or something that we're going to do in their session. Nice. So one, we're priming them neurologically to go through that. Um, I see huge increases when I make my kids do that. I used to be lazy and go, well, it's 15 minutes. I'd rather just get them in and get them tired. Get them. Well, I watch their performance drop. Yep. Did. Yeah. When I get them primed like that and we yep. have that neural priming, so if it's like hops, elastic hops, maybe a band assisted, yeah. 80%, pogo hops, uh, sled drive, pulls, um, band work, we would have quite a variety. And I usually do three different days of three different warm-ups for each individual. Nice. So Or sport. Yeah, I mean, just like the difference it makes when you just activate the glutes with a glute bridge um, mm -hmm. before you go do a squat. Like yeah. you can feel the glutes when you actually yep. are squatting versus like, you know, three two a set in and you're finally feeling yep. everything yep. getting loose yeah. because you haven't put any stimulus on that body yet. Especially if you've developed it. bad movement patterns or non-optimal. Yeah. I shouldn't say bad. There's no black and white. I always talk about that. But non-optimal movement patterns. And then you go into doing your jumps. You're probably going to go to what you know. If I can help you repattern these movements and activate before you go, it'll be easier to respond to the cue as I'm giving it during yep. the actual challenging part. Yep. So I think a lot of people leave out that our bodies run on electricity and the nervous system um, is like another system that we have to think about while we're training. Yeah. And, and people don't understand nervous system fatigue. They don't understand that like there's differences um, in your performance because you're not firing, you know, fast enough yeah. or, you know, mm. quick enough, you know? Yeah. One of the struggles when you wake up early in the morning is, hmm. okay, I'm up, I'm ready to go to the gym. And this is something that I figured out is how do you wake your nervous system up? Right. Cause you yeah. just rolled out. You typically are carb loading in the evening. You're working out fasted. <laughs> Eight hours of sleep, bed, nine you know? hours. Like you're, you're not mentally awake and not only is, are you not mentally awake, your body can be starting to wake up, but your, your body and your muscles might not be waking up as fast as you're waking up. Yeah. Um, um, acupuncture mats are huge in the mornings are oh, really good to step ooh. onto them never done so, it so oh i would highly awesome. i would highly recommend doing like you know How eight weeks of it. are they 
You can buy them on Amazon for like 40 bucks. No, point. So, oh, yeah. So, it's I mean, like, it's like a nail they're, bed, they're right? Really, yeah, it's like the same ones you would lay on, essentially, right? Oh, but it's like a small little two foot by two foot mat that you stand on. Wow. Wakes you right through. And to be honest, I would wake up, stand on that, mm -hmm. and do that for, you know, I'd say do it for like four weeks and see the difference. How long do four you weeks go? afterwards? I missed that Just thinking do it about for needles. Like five minutes. Five minutes. Do it for like five minutes. And well, it's, you're not like, they're like close together, right? So, mm -hmm. it's, it's not like you're causing a bunch of pain, but you're waking your nervous system for up. Sure. The amount of mechanoreceptors in like the bottom of the foot is mm -hmm. immense. And like we talk about like barefoot walking outside and grounding and yeah. like how our natural foot is supposed to, you know, go yeah. with the earth and yeah. stuff like that. We don't get those stimuluses anymore. No. And so that's a great way to just like, you know, activate yep. all of them in the feet. Yeah. Well, and one, it makes you, wakes you up mentally, but then when you get in here, you're starting to find that that mind to muscle connection mm. is a little bit faster. It's a little bit I easier believe that. to be able to yeah. And I've been sure. adding in that, that morning cold plunge because that's like yeah. the the cold yeah. thermogenesis stimulus that you just like yeah. wake up the huge dopamine you yeah. start to turn on the heaters in your body so that you start to heat up faster yep. because mm -hmm. the cold teaches to heat up and the heat teaches to cool down so mm -hmm. people always Dude, go the opposite yeah. <laughs> and they go like get in the sauna before it, and the cold plunge is amazing before. yeah exactly yeah. and what's crazy to me is i was actually just telling somebody this the amount of information that we know now, and mind you, I graduated high school in 2012 and went into college. So just the amount of information that we've learned in the last nine years, or pardon me, 11 years, between that point and now is mind-boggling. To, to go back and be a yeah. kid and know what we know now, that's insane. the level of athletes that would be produced would just be unbelievable especially whether you could apply that to yourself because what's cool is we're yeah. we're gaining all this information and knowledge and then sharing it onto others mm -hmm. but imagine if we were able Absolutely. to like correlate that into our own selves when it was ready now mm -hmm. i think this information's always been out there it's just the ease of access right now we have yeah. chat gpt i can look up everything on the nervous system <laughs> and be like yo like I, i'm an expert now you know True. exactly like, well even with like ice baths for that instance right yeah. there's probably a small specialized amount of people that knew what the true actual yeah. benefits of ice baths were doing but was it common knowledge and accessible on the internet at that time no because no. here's the thing we were doing double days and right after we were done doing our double days we were getting an ice baths for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah right and we did I that every single day after I especially in college it. it was yeah. it was four hours of working out starting <laughs> at four all the way to eight right into 20 minutes of the ice bath now we know not to do that and they were doing yeah. it for a completely different purpose right. oh your legs are sore we don't want them to be sore yep we want that blood flow there we want we that. need that inflammation yeah. response we need the inflammation yeah. so yeah. that we can grow worse after yeah. Yeah. i always did but i agree with you where it's I think some of it was ease of access some of it also was so much information being put at put out and we can find it so easily but yep. at the same time the people that you know are tried and true are going to weed themselves out of you know the saturation of our yep. market slowly and surely so you have people that have helped tons and tons of people and have all that social proof now those are the people that we explore further like knees over toes it's a pretty simple concept yeah there's people that have been training it but they ha weren't applying it in a program digestible like he has put together for simple for everyone well yeah. he took it off of some of the oldest bodybuilders mm -hmm. that have been around like since the dawn, and like, yeah, yeah, since those the guys, dawn yeah. of like that would be that sport mm -hmm. coming into play so i mean the fact Falcons, that man. he took that information upon himself to research it and really digest what these people are saying and then put it into a way that people could understand and then apply it with ease of access especially mm -hmm. with YouTube being, you know, how big of a place it is oh, now yeah. today. Uh, it's, it's just changed the game for everything. For sure. And now I don't, I want to say that the 20 minute ice bath may not have had all negative consequences. Agreed. Like, yeah, it's, definitely like not. You, it's definitely, definitely the not. mental battle that I yeah. think that athletes do need yeah. is like, it, it definitely trains you to control your nervous system. Now, 
the timing of it is terrible. Right. But, right. but yeah, that was the exactly. Point. Like, yeah. Hey, we, we don't do this right afterwards. <laughs> exactly. Maybe if we, before the whole, you know, yeah. four hour workout, that'd be great. Yeah, it just showed they didn't quite have the knowledge in it. They had, they right. were, Good intent, good intent, right? That's this is yeah. college, man. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like we're not talking high, high school either. So yeah. this is another high level aspect. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing I do think that you know I think is amazing that I used to run a lot of my clients through is I don't know if you guys ever have done this, but we do pool workouts for twenty minutes yep. before amazing. you get into weightlifting. Mm-hmm. I learned that in college and then continued to understand that through a bunch of my friends that were actually PJs. Uh, they're obviously way older than me, but they talked about the benefits of it because that's what they did. Obviously, is living in the pool and then went yeah. into strength and conditioning as a PJ. And after I started to apply myself back into that and then have clients go through that, that was a game changer. I completely agree. Like when I was training for triathlon, it was like uh, the the swim would heal the bike in the run yeah. and then they would all like kind of yep. complement each other along yeah. the way. And the swim was probably by far, you know, the most uh, healing part of my whole training. Well, and it, the, another good thing is like what you were saying about body mechanics. If you've mm. got bad form at something, we don't even need to go into swimming. Like let's just go to <laughs> yeah, the three agreed. or four foot depth area of I the pool. Out. We're yeah. doing high knees for <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes until you're fucking sweating right there. Just and then resistance. after that, we're going to do, we're just going to do knees over the side, knee over the side, and then just keep rolling with it. Mm-hmm. And that body mechanics, because we're not putting any pressure on our joints, we're starting to focus on the actual movement itself mm. until we start to get out of the water. And then we can really focus on that. It's not just for old ladies in aerobics class. They're really good. Workouts, yeah. So I can't knock them because they yeah. look funny as hell. But I walk into EOS every time and I like, they always like, come, come join us. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure that's because yeah. of the fitness. Yeah, they definitely. We're just wanting you in there to work out. With them. Yeah. yeah. Sure. You were wearing your normal cutoff. <laughs> top top shorts. Getting ready. Iron Man train. Yeah. Those of you can't see Woody. His shoulders are popping out like boulders. I, right now. I had to, you know, wear the cutoff so because I, I know these two yep. big dudes were gonna come in. Well, so I got to, you know, like at least I appreciate you, know, you wearing the, the, the shorts short instead of the longs today. <laughs> I always make fun of Woody's short length. And whenever we do videos together, I'm just shaking my head as I'm demonstrating. Five inch seam. No, more like twelve. It was a twelve inch seam. Oh, it was 12, real oh, bad. Long. It was it super like, long. Oh, it looks like he's about to like pick up. At the it was the worst. Over here. Basketball back in the nineties. And one baby. Beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. That's CJ, awesome. any other topics we got? Remember from last time? Oh, don't delete this one, Woody. Uh, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, man, I can just touch up on what he was saying since I'm blanking on our topics. Uh, I get kind of deep or nerdy with this, but I love uh, fitness in general because it's expression of movement. I mm-hmm. also play some instruments and that's another way that I get to express myself. Yeah. But this is like my number one way when I go to the field and I'm running routes in the pool, designing new movements, feeling the resistance of the water. Uh, doing self-analysis on how I move. Mm-hmm. That's why I try to make all my clients feel uh, that self-sufficient side. And I try to challenge them where when they get further along, I'll put uh, like those warm-ups we were talking about. I'll give them two examples. Then I'll say on the third one, I want you to pick a lower of choice. And sometimes you'll see them freeze up and, well, what do you think I should do? And I'll list about 40 things and I'll just keep going until they finally are like, oh, yep, yep, yep. And they'll pick one that works for them. Those are the people I see that get that same feeling of expression and they kind of go into that zone, you know, when they're working out. And I love seeing that because that applies to sport. It's kind of your escape from regular everyday life. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I like talking about this stuff with you guys because it's, that's the way I would define it, but it sounds like you guys do the similar thing. And I watch you, so yeah. work out six times a day with your clients or whatever the hell you do. Um, so I see it, you know, but I'm just getting to know you and hearing it, I can tell. 
It's probably very similar. <laughs> yeah, and like you're just throwing them a new stimulus to keep them like conscious, right? Like mm-hmm. to keep them present in that moment because like they don't need to be thinking about their stresses of like mm-hmm. the work day or mm-hmm. their kids or like whatever. They need to be here with mm-hmm. you. And if you give them a question that they weren't ready for, like, you know, brings them right back to conscious presence. Yeah. And that, that's a huge Absolutely. like part of like learning is you have to be present for it. And once they're yeah. dialed, it's funny. They're more ready for me. Like they'll tell me, well, can I sub this for this? And I'm like. Yeah, if it fits the purpose, I'm always ready. Yep, and I love that they're going there too. So I know when you're not with me, you're going to be fine. And a lot of trainers push people away from that. I've had training coaches tell me, you need to make it so they know they need you there. And I didn't like that because my thought is I want them to know. Exactly. I want them to take this on and become a lifestyle. I really believe that. But if I give them enough value and continue to grow myself by doing that, I'm going to be able to continue to work with them. And everyone wants you to continue to work because that you've helped them learn so much. You're showing them it's value. More intrinsic. Exactly. It's, that's more value than you need me to hold this band while you squat. Like, yeah, very different. It, I think, I think a lot of that, it's not all towards that, but a lot of that is at a test to financials, mm. right? Like if they need me, then, then I'm going to, I know that I've got a stream of income coming in, mm. especially in this industry where it's hard to make hard. a mass following and to be able to have that. I think the bigger aspect is that you need to look at every single person that you come into contact with, no matter what you're doing in general, but especially within the fitness industry, you're just adding something into their toolbox that mm-hmm. they can dip into at a later time. Love and I love that you're saying, Hey, I'm going to give you a couple things that I'm going to tell you what to do and then you get to choose on it because that's that's actually instigating them to be able to think on their own feet and be able to apply what they're feeling with their own body Absolutely. to be able to put that into an exertion of force mm-hmm. and that that's huge being conscious of that and uh, i couldn't uh, applaud you even more for, I appreciate for wanting it. to do that that's I awesome that, man. yeah yeah, yeah. i've seen a lot of good results from it and um, i feel my clients grow from that too and i've grown in you know, understanding that they don't need to memorize my program or memorize what we're doing. They need to understand it. Yep. And that's a big difference. And that's in everything in life, but especially out here. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, not to say that there are some clients that are lifers and they, like, I have a mom Absolutely. who needs, yep. you know, her time away from the family to re, you know, group and restructure yep. herself. And she needs to learn because she's got a, you know, a very low baseline of knowledge on health and fitness. So she needs to learn lots before she can even get there. And so smart investment, it's a smart investment in your health because I mean, she worked really hard to make all this money, but now you're, you're paying it back in your health later. And so like if either you start there and learn it right away or you, you know, go back and pay for it, but Mm. some people need that and that's, yeah. It all comes out of personality too. I mean, some people want to have that trainer by them day in and day out, absolutely forcing them to do something, talking shit in their ear. <laughs> or whatever it may be yeah. that motivates them, you know, because yeah. mm-hmm. we're all motivated differently. So I think if that trainer can pinpoint that and be able to play on that, whether or not they're there with you for life because they want to be coached by somebody or whether hmm. they want to just be there to tap into your knowledge and then apply it themselves later on, the biggest thing is that you're a vehicle of resource for them. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if they just enjoy it, if yeah. you realize that's what this is, this is fun for them it'd be less fun for them to come in here on their own and this is going to keep them in it. Yep. Then I approach that client differently than someone who, yeah. you know, I want to jump as high as I can. I want to go division one, yep. things like that. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Yeah. Can I ask a question to you too? Yeah. Just, I just thought of this topic. Didn't write it down off the top. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> top of the top. Freestyle. Uh, <laughs> so as far as when clients reach out to you, obviously you have two different lifestyles. You're at the gym constantly. You have a main gig. This is kind of your side thing. Now, would you train anyone um, that comes your way? Uh, and how do you decide who you train or who not to? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, this is actually one of the subjects that when you hopped in that we were covering when, uh, it was, um, 
it was Q and I, I forget his Keith. name. Keith. It's Q, Keith, and mm -hmm. I talking. Um, I'm a firm believer of like when it comes to training people and you're in that you are not there to babysit. So for me personally, just because I'm obviously not doing this full time, it's a little different for me. When somebody wants yeah. to work out with me, I'm not gonna sit there and text you at 5 a.m. I'm not gonna call you and make sure that you show up. It is You made a responsible adult choice to say, hey, look, I'm gonna do this for myself and I'm gonna show up. And I'm not there to encourage you to show up. You have to <laughs> mentally prepare yourself to show up. Yep. Now when you're there, I'm gonna pour everything I got into you. Yeah. I'm not gonna give you 90%, I'll give you 100% and I'll go all the way with you. Okay. But for me personally, I'm not there to be your accountability partner. I'm there to say, Hey, are you ready to do this or not? And that's, that's me personally based off of what I have going on, but I, I'm not there to, to hang out. I'm there to make sure that we're doing this right and getting it done. Absolutely. I like to I like give that. most people the benefit of the doubt right when I meet them. Like I'm trying to, you know, feel them out. But like if if it gets to a point where they're draining my energy more than I'm and it affects my other clients and it affects them and it, we're not making mm -hmm. any progress. I'm going to let them know that like maybe I'm not the trainer for you because like yeah. I, I don't think that we vibe good and I don't think this is going to help you grow. And I'm not mm. here to just take your money. Like exactly. I'm not I'm not here to just, you know, make money off of you. I want to actually help you. And if I'm not helping you, then why am I working with you? Agree. Yeah. What he's like, if I'm going to train with nine clients today and do all their workouts, <laughs> you better bring it because I'm going to. No, I yeah. but, for uh, real. No, I, I absolutely agree with you guys on that. And that's something as I've grown old, I'm 29 as well. We graduated the same year. Nice. Uh, so I used to try to take on everybody. Yeah. I would try to sell to everyone. And if they'd say, hey, I can't make it at 2.30, can you do a 5.30? And I got to slide nine people around. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I got you. Of course. I'm yeah. a grinder. I'm working hard. Uh, then I realized that I wasn't attracting people that respected my time. Nope. And I also wasn't learning from those and I was stressing myself out and I was already putting myself in a financial hole. Yep. So what I did is set my value. I don't compete on price. I don't compete on anything else but value. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully I can provide that for you. And sometimes people, if, if they don't think it's a fit, I totally understand. I don't take it their hard way. I try to put them with someone else that's good, refer yep. them to someone. If they are not a fit for me, I usually give them two or three shots at it where I tell them my expectations and why. And most of the times my expectations are set on what they want. We've previously spoken and they say they're at an eight out of 10 discomfort on their body or they, they're really unathletic and they, they're on the B team. They want to be on the A team. Okay, well, here's the requirements from what I can provide for you to get you there. And the culture of what I'm trying to create is only people that strive for that. It yeah. doesn't mean you have to reach it, but I want my brand, my culture, all my clients to feel that same energy. Mm -hmm. Everyone there is trying to reach that next goal, their 1%, and we're all supporting each other doing it. So if you're bringing someone in the culture down, may not be a fit and that's okay yeah. you know so that's something i'm trying to build it's hard you know if you're on building but being yeah. around like-minded yeah. individuals makes a big difference and i mean it, it all comes down to respect right are they mm -hmm. respecting your time are you respecting their time like you're giving them your all in that mm -hmm. hour right and so if they're not respecting your time and then why would i want to work with anyone that doesn't respect me right, right? agreed and that's, right. especially yeah. if you're respecting theirs yeah and you value time at a different rate yeah. when you're a trainer because you get it because because everything you get is off of you know <laughs> yeah. every hour you work like that's yep. it like you know mm -hmm. absolutely yeah that's a good question Thank you. That's a great question. You got one that tops it? No, I'm just kidding. All right. Not off the top of my head. No, not off the top of your head. No. All right. I can't freestyle like that right now. <laughs> I like putting pressure on. No, it was great. So what do you guys think of like first thing you see like when people coming into the gym, like what is like the biggest issue they have, uh, you know, switching that mindset right away? Like why is that like so hard for people in society is it just like society that is switching that mindset what like mindset? switching like the fixed mindset of like uh 
I can't make it. Like you're a 300 pounds and you just don't mm. see the end, right? Mm. Like, like how do you fix that? I heard, like, how do you change that mindset to like, you know, believe that you can do it? Cause some people just don't even believe they can get there. <sighs> that's, I mean, that's a good question too. Cause that comes down to, I mean, we got to start and acknowledge first. There are people that carry themselves with confidence no matter what through life. It's a confidence game you, out there. You, yeah. you can be 300 pounds and have all the confidence in the world, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. You can also be 300 pounds and have absolutely no confidence at all. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it, there probably is a huge correlation of why you're 300 pounds and you're, and you're no confidence. Uh, but I think a yep. lot of it is there is a lack of self-application, which if you're looking at the fundamentals of what builds confidence, it's small everyday tasks that build into a large task. Creating right? wins. So you're, you got to create these small wins for yourself. And, and for some people, it's as simple as making your bed as soon as you roll out of the out of the damn bed. Chug Do you guys water. make your bed every chug, morning? I make it every morning. Every I chug two glasses yeah. of water before I get here. I need a Rice Krispie. That's it. Glucose, Dial. sugar, water. Let's go. Wakes up the nervous system. That's We're ready to rock and roll. Stepping on needles, eating Krispies. That's like right. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. But I think a lot of it is like building confidence is hard. And I'll tell you what. I, I'm sure you guys could attest to this. Uh, there's days that I wake up mm -hmm. and I think, Oh my God, I would love to just lay in fucking bed right now. Absolutely. I would love to just say, you know what, let's not do it. But I've noticed the difference that when I do allow myself to do that, my whole day is off. So I think more than anything, it's an accountability thing that you have to hold yourself to a certain level of accountability. And with that respect to yourself, no matter what you're trying to accomplish, whether it be in the gym or exterior outside of the gym, when you come into the gym, you're holding yourself to a certain level of accountability. And that applies to the rest of your life. Yeah, how you do anything is how you do everything. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, I I think a big part of it is your current situation and the pain you're in has to outweigh the temporary discomfort you have to go through to be there. So sometimes I think people need to hit rock bottom harder. Yeah. That sounds messed up, but everyone has that point. And, yep. and sometimes you need a reality check. Mm -hmm. like, and, and honestly, it, it could be your best you need friends. Sometimes you a few. <laughs> right? yeah. And so I really think if I had to define it, where people have that mindset shift is when their current pain is uh, heavier yep. and worse than their temporary discomfort they have to go through once they realize what that discomfort is. Because yep. a lot of people, the pain's an eight, they say, but it's a five. Yeah. They come in here, they go through the discomfort. That's a five too. I don't yeah. like this workout shit, even yeah. though in two weeks, you're probably going to feel a lot better if you yep. stick with it. Oh, I'm too sore. I can't do chest anymore. No, you need to probably to do more chest if you're that sore from doing a push-up. <laughs> you have to clear yeah. it yeah, out. Actually, right? It's actually yeah. Yeah. seeping so there, the so you need to get it out and of there. So when people can get past that first part and they realize what the actual pain they're going to have to go through for that temporary discomfort, which they will yeah. realize is temporary if yeah. they stick with it. And then, like you said, the, the wins, but also you have to be able to bounce back because everyone's going to take an L here and there, especially if they have those bad habits. All the time. So I, felt, I slept in a little too long. Now, don't time. go down the rabbit hole. No. Making the next choice good. Right. No. I think we all have to fight with that or fix it. I mean, change mm -hmm. the correction, right? You sleep in sometimes I'm arriving 15 minutes late, <laughs> told my man I was going to be there at five 30. I'm showing up 15 minutes late, but I guess what I'm not going to, I'm not going to text him because I'm embarrassed because mm -hmm. I'm 15 minutes late. I'm going to say, Hey, I'm late. I'll be there in a second. And then I'm going to get there, wake up, get the whole thing rocking and rolling. And then you're good to go. Right. Mm -hmm. You're correcting your wrongs. You're, you're yeah. taking the accountability up front, stacking right. a positive on top of it. Owning it. Exactly. Like, Feels so much better when you do. Wear yeah. it with pride. If you're going to take an L, wear it with pride. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. why? Because out of all of the things I've ever done wrong in my life, you every learned. single L I've taken, I've learned or something greater has come out of the situation. For 100%. Sure. We only learn through failures, right? Exactly. Like in, Through mistakes. <laughs> Human <yeah>. nature. <laughs> exactly. Agreed. And then 
Last but not least, guys, we only have a little, like time for one more question. Good thing you brought so, a ringer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anything you guys see in the fitness industry that excites you guys next? Like like anything like future looking like you saw a knees over toes guy, like anything like Yeah. You got it. Um, this is one that I've actually really thought about recently. I've hated this new TikTok gym bro high school boy culture. <laughs> I've hated it. I've hated every bit of it, but I'm starting to think more about it and I'm asking kids, I'm like asking these girls at the school who obviously the guys are probably trying to reach out to. I train a lot of female athletes. I'm like, what are the, what are the boys doing? Um, I see them on TikTok lifting every Friday night. Is that actually what they're doing? They're like, yeah, a lot. I don't hear about parties anymore as much. I hear about guys going to lift. Now, a lot of that I think is still very uh, ego and outward. And I don't think all bodybuilding is negative like that, but I think it's very ingrained in a lot of it. And so having these young kids be so focused on how their biceps look and flexing in the mirror, it can be intimidating to other people. And I don't love that about it, but I do love that people are swinging more into fitness. People are really Mm -hmm. looking at it and making a change, whether it's the way that I appreciate it or not. It's not really for me to decide. Now, I hope that it becomes an intrinsic thing for them so that we can be that culture of men like you were talking about that support each other in the gym, push each other and are competitive, but in a friendly way. And I hope it goes that direction. So I'm excited about the popularity. I don't want it to die off, but I want it to go the right direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, it's exciting that more people are into fitness, that it's like a, you know, a trendy thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, sometimes we have to make things trendy for people to want to do them. Right. And so, yeah, like make it fun, the fun plus the functional. Yeah. And I've met some great kids that I wouldn't think where previously I'd been like, <laughs> when I see them doing stuff, because it's so corny to me. But I, I, I see them doing it, and then I talk to them, and they're great kids. Like yep. they're really, they're really hard workers. I respect the hell out of them for for grinding it out and being insecure coming in here and working. But yeah. at the same time, I hope it goes the intrinsic direction where we can all, you know, make it more of a spiritual That's practice. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, me personally, I think the biggest thing is is when you look at fitness at a whole, there's there's always positivities, right? But there's also the dark side that not a lot of people talk about. So obviously for what a shadow is cast, the light is equal to it, right? So we have to keep that in retrospect. And I think the biggest thing is I think we need to keep that as a conversation piece. Mm. We can't lose light that even though there's so many positive things going on within the industry, there also are dark sides, especially with social media, because social media is a thief of joy when we're comparing ourselves to everybody else on there. So we need to keep in context that, Hey, look, I love that you're getting after it, but I also know that you are probably following people that make you want to get after it, that make you feel like you need to go and do that. And so there needs to be space, kind of like we were talking about, for men and for women. Women are a lot better at doing this than men are. But but being able to sit down and be like, dude, I felt insignificant when I saw this shit. Or Mm. what may be the keys that like, hey, what do I need to do? And you trust the men that you're opening up to that say, hey, like, I need to do something different. What do you guys think I need to do? I never hear guys do that. Girls all the time. All the time. And it's something that you walked into, but that was my main thing is like, there needs to be a space, whether you make that with a group of friends that you have, whether you make that with coworkers that you feel really close with, uh, it doesn't matter what the group of men is. You need to make sure that you find a group of men and they are conscious of what that group means. And when you show up to be a part of that group, whether it be in the gym, whether you guys meet separately like a book club or whatever may be the case, you show up and you know, okay, I am dedicating myself to hold space for my brothers Mm. in this circle. No matter what they share, whether it be personal, whether it be fitness, whether it be image, whatever may be the case that they're going through, I'm going to hold space for that man. And that's huge because one, whether or not you share that day or have something that you need to pour out into the group and know that the group's got you, Mm -hmm. 
you can do that for somebody else. And that's huge because I think men nowadays don't hear constructive and reinforcing things that they need to hear. Mm. And a lot of that comes from the brothers that need to share that. Yeah, a lot of us didn't get the dad talks we needed. Hell no, <laughs> I, mean, I, so I didn't, like, did it. I didn't, I didn't get it. either. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's one of the things that it's on, it's on us to be able to do that, right? If yeah. we didn't get that, it's on us to be able to cultivate that energy and share that with the men that we have around us. That's awesome. Don't you think, sorry to keep going on this, yeah. don't you think that's part of the reason that you two probably developed that skill? Would yeah. you say that since you lacked in that department growing up, yeah. that you want to help other people because you know what it's like not to have it. And now you've learned from mistakes as a grown man, you'd love to pass it down to someone, whether it's same age or younger, you know? Jordan, I'm so sorry. I like it. Oh, little, little logic. That might be the sign to Just hit, uh, actually, wrap it up. Oh, nice. Got it. Forgot how to watch. Technology. And that's um, our sign to wrap it up. So. Uh, Thanks, boys, for coming there. on the podcast yeah, again. It. This yeah, was awesome. Me, yeah. Me too. yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, we'll we'll catch too. you guys next week on The Price of Paradise. My name's Woody, and aloha. Don't delete it, Woody. Hey, whoa. <laughs>